Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's Word for our meditation this morning is the Gospel that we heard a few minutes ago. We heard it uh, read from the Gospel according to St. Luke, where Luke records, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, who calls us also to be fishers of men. Your friends. If you're anything like me, you probably find it a little bit hard to relate to the lives of famous, important, historical figures. I mean, they just seem so much bigger than life, like like Julius Caesar or George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Albert Einstein. I mean, they did such amazing things that I look at my life and I'm going, I'm not at all like them. I, my life seems so ordinary. I seem so unqualified and compared to them, it's just really hard to relate to them. If that's true of historical characters, I think it's even more true of people in the Bible that we hear about, like Moses or David or St. Paul. I mean, look at what they did. They parted seas. They, they confronted kings. They proclaimed God's Word with such power and authority and boldness. They did miracles. That's nothing like my life. I'm nothing like them. I am not this mighty man of God like like Moses or David or Paul. I can't do those things. I'm afraid that I wouldn't be anything like them. If you had stacked me up against them, I'm guessing you're probably about the same as me in that department. Well, I think we could we could certainly add to the list of, of great biblical people like Moses and David and Paul. The, the two people that we hear about in our Old Testament lesson and our Gospel this morning, the prophet Isaiah and St. Peter. Isaiah was a mighty prophet of God who boldly proclaimed God's Word He's somebody that God used to, to, to tell about the coming Savior in such details like who He'd be born of and how He would suffer and die and rise again 700 years before Jesus' birth. The Bible doesn't tell us this, but, but according to tradition, Isaiah was martyred. He died, died boldly and gladly for the sake of his faith. Or think about the man we hear about in our Gospel, Simon Peter. Again, a powerful man of God. Somebody that Jesus selected to be an apostle. Think of how he proclaimed God's words with such boldness to the crowd on Pentecost Sunday. Thousands of people. Peter performed miracles. He raised somebody from the dead. God used Peter to write two books of the Bible. And again, just like Isaiah, the Bible doesn't tell us, but tradition says that Peter, like Isaiah, died a martyr's death. 
then boy, am I nothing like them. I don't have that kind of boldness. God isn't going to use me to do miracles. I'm pretty sure of that. And I'm afraid I don't know that I would be so brave if my life is being threatened for my faith like they were. And I'm pretty sure you feel pretty much the same about yourself. Am I right? And yet, the portraits that God's Word paints for us this morning of those two men, Isaiah and Peter, those, those great men of faith, those bold spokesmen of God, the portraits that we see there show us people who are indeed actually very much like us. Isaiah, Peter, and us. We have a lot in common. Like Isaiah and Peter, we are completely unqualified and unworthy. But like those two men of faith, we are forgiven and we are sent. It's probably a little bit hard to, to picture, let alone relate to, the scene that, that we hear about in the Old Testament reading this morning. There was Isaiah standing in the temple in Jerusalem and he was given a glimpse of the throne room of heaven itself. There was the throne of God, the holy almighty God that he got to look at and there attending the holy God were angels and not the Valentine's Day variety angels, you know, the, the, the chubby babies with little wings sprouting from their back. These were really strange-sounding angels. Seraphs who had six wings and were so powerful that their voices made the whole temple shake and be filled with smoke. It may be hard for us to, 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 to picture that scene and relate to what Isaiah was going through, but I don't think it's difficult to understand how Isaiah felt or why he felt that way. As Isaiah saw this, this amazing, awesome scene, he was afraid. And he had every right to be afraid because he realized he was in the presence of the holy God and he wasn't holy. Far from it. He had no business. He had no right to be there in the presence of God seeing that amazing scene and he knew it. He said, woe to me. I'm ruined. He realized that he was a man of unclean lips. He spoke things that God told him not to do. He thought things that God forbade him from doing. He did things that God said don't do. And he also realized that he didn't speak or think or say some of the things that God expected him to do that. He said, I'm ruined. Kind of a similar Seen with Peter, although maybe a little bit easier to to uh, to, to visualize and and, and and relate to, because Peter was doing something in the gospel that a lot of you have done or enjoy doing. He was fishing, but probably a, a little different kind of fishing than than what you might do. He wasn't out there on a lake in a rowboat, casting bait into the lake. Uh, he, he was in a boat in the nighttime, throwing nets out, not, not just for fun, because I doubt it was anything but fun, but, but to earn a living. 
He'd been out there all night long with his crew. And they had nothing to show for it. It was a frustrating night. All that work, all that time, and not one single fish to show for it. Nothing to sell in the marketplace. How would he pay the bills? How would he pay his crew? How would he feed his family? But then Jesus came along. And Peter had already gotten to know Jesus. He'd known Jesus, but he was still working as a fisherman along with his partners, including James and John. And Jesus called on Peter to, to go back out in his boat one more time. This time just to row a little ways out from shore so that Jesus could teach and preach to the crowd that had gathered there. And when he was done proclaiming the good news to them, he said to Peter, now go out a little bit farther. Let's go out in the deep water and cast down your nets again. Now, I am not much of a fisherman, as my wife can testify to, but I do know this about fishing. You don't generally catch many fish in the middle of the day. That's not the prime time to go fishing. But Peter said, okay, Lord, if you say so, I will. And boy, did he catch fish. Not just one or two to make up for the lousy night they had, but, but so many fish that the nets began to break. Peter frantically gesturing for his partners, get out here quick! They got out there and they filled those boats with so many fish they started to sink. Peter had probably fished on the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret, as it's called in our Gospel this morning. Same place. He had probably fished out on there hundreds, if not thousands of times before, but he had never, ever had a catch like that day. Imagine how he must have felt. How Happy he must have been and relieved. Think of the money that, that those fish would bring at the marketplace. He could pay his men. He could feed his family. And then it dawned on him. It dawned on him that, well, first of all, that, that, that huge catch of fish had nothing to do with his skill as a fisherman. Nor was it just plain dumb luck. He knew it was a miracle. A miracle is something only God can do. And the one who performed that miracle was sitting next to him in a boat. Jesus. Jesus was God. And just like Isaiah, Peter realized, I have no business being in the presence of God. I am a sinner. He, he said, you know, Peter, not known for always uh, thinking through things, those words, he, he seemed to blurt things out and maybe regret it a little bit later, said something that sounds kind of rather rude. Go away from me! But you understand why he said that, right? Go away from me, Lord. Peter couldn't get away from him because he's in a boat. So, Jesus, maybe you need to leave this boat right now because I shouldn't be here with you. I'm a sinner. Isaiah and Peter, these, these prophets and apostles of God that we think of as just mighty men of God, they were completely unqualified to be God's spokesman. They were unworthy to be in the presence of God. Just like you. Just like me. We're no different than they are. We are just as sinful, just as unworthy, just as unqualified as them. A few minutes ago, we 
spoke these words together. We said, I confess that I am by nature sinful, that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. We said, I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. If you're like me, you've probably said those words or words very similar to those probably as many times or more than Peter had gone out fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And so it's kind of easy, isn't it, to speak the words of confession as we do each Sunday and maybe not think about them as much as we should, kind of mouth the words without really thinking about what they mean or maybe not even meaning them. If that's the case, we need to get in the boat with Peter and realize in whose house we are and in whose presence we have come. We are no different than Isaiah and Peter. we got no business being in the presence of God because you know and I know, just like Peter and Isaiah knew, we are people of unclean lips. We live among a people of unclean lips. We are totally unworthy. We speak and think and say and do the things that God forbids us. And we don't think and speak and do so many times the things that God wants us to. We pass by those opportunities so often we can't even keep count. But here we are in the presence of God. We're in the same boat as Peter. Sinners in the presence of a holy God. Completely unworthy and totally unqualified. But take another look at these portraits of the prophet Isaiah and the Apostle Peter that are painted for us in God's Word this morning. Look at how God dealt with them. Isaiah said, Woe, woe is to me. He was waiting for God to strike him dead. And imagine what he must have felt like when one of those, 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 those weird and, and, and powerful seraphs with, with six wings starts flying at him with, with a live coal in his hand. Coming at him with that, you know, he's probably thinking, this is it. But he didn't destroy him with that live coal. He touched his lips, not to burn him. It did not burn him. But God was symbolizing what he had done for Isaiah. He said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. God didn't strike him down. God forgave him. Look at Peter. As Peter realizes, I'm sitting next to the holy God. This can't end well. And he says, go away from me, Lord. What did Jesus do? Bottom line, he didn't go away. He stayed right there. He stayed right there and instead of harsh words of condemnation for this sinner sitting next to him in a boat, he said, don't be afraid. He comforted him. And he forgave him. And we're just like Peter and Isaiah. Sinners in the presence of the Holy God who are forgiven by the Holy God. Isaiah and Peter were expecting the worst and they got the best. The best news of all. God loved them. 
And God forgave them. And we hear that same good news. We hear it every Sunday when we confess our sins. We hear that amazing message of forgiveness. God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He comforts us and He forgives us. He doesn't overlook our sins. He atoned for them through the blood of His Son. He doesn't cast us from His presence. He invites us to come into His presence. But God doesn't stop there. And our similarities with Isaiah and Peter don't stop there either. Look what happened next. As God told Isaiah that his sin was forgiven, the very next thing, he calls on Isaiah to be his prophet, to go and work for him. And Isaiah gladly accepted that and became that mighty prophet, the one who wrote that that amazing book of the Old Testament. Or look at Peter. When, when Peter said, go away from me, Lord, and, and Jesus said, I'm not going anywhere, but you're going to go somewhere. From now on, he said, you're not going to catch fish. You're going to catch something that's a lot more valuable than fish. You're going to go fishing for souls, not to be sold at the marketplace, but to be saved forever. And that's what Peter did as God's apostle. And my friends, The similarity continues. Isaiah, Peter, and us, we're just like them because our God does the same for us. He not only forgives us unworthy, us poor, miserable sinners, He makes us His spokespeople. He sends us out with the same message, the same good news of a Savior that He sent Isaiah and Peter. And no, we likely won't be those mighty men of God like Isaiah and Peter. I'm doubtful that God will perform miracles through you or me. We're not going to be recording God's inspired Word like those two men of God did. But we do amazing things like teaching our kids to pray. Amazing things like like sharing some comforting news about Jesus with a troubled co-worker. Amazing things like encouraging a brother or sister in Christ at church. Amazing things like teaching Sunday school. Amazing things like supporting those who go out all over the world, our missionaries, with our prayers and with our offerings. You know, we are completely unworthy and unqualified to do any of those things. But God qualifies us. God sends us. And God blesses the Word we get to share with others. Wow. Isaiah, Peter, and us. Maybe we don't think that we have much in common with them, but the fact is, we're just like them. Thank God. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.